Today we continue our series, Heroes of the Bible. And I want to start with a question. What is the one activity that you know that if you did superbly well and consistently would have a significant positive result on your walk with God. I believe that that one activity is sitting at the feet of Jesus, reading the Bible and talking with him in prayer. So my hero of the Bible is Mary of Bethany. If we live back in the time of Jesus, it would be like, oh, there's Alan of Kaneohe. It would be like, oh, there's Justin of Eva. There's Denny of Eva Beach. Or it would be like, there's Helen of Troy. She's not really Helen of Troy. This is, this is my mother-in-law, right here. Can you stand up? This is my mother and father-in-law, everyone, right here. She has been so supportive of me and my wife since I have known her. She found out I was going to speak today, so she said, I wanted to come to church today. So she was up by the Walmart in Waipahu, and then they ended up by UH West Oahu, and then they actually were down by the beach, in Eva Beach, but then they're here. I met my mom a little over 17 years ago, and it was right down the street from here. It was at the Eva Beach Library. Her daughter, Nadine, my wife, was testifying to the goodness of Jesus, and she came. And I remember just chatting with her for a little while. And sometime later, she shared this story with me. She said, that night, I went home and told my husband, James, I just met a man who I would really like to have as my son-in-law. So the moral of the story is be nice to everybody because you don't know when they're going to end up being your mom. Amen? I, I love her. Family secret. She makes the best Japanese puff rice cakes. They call it okoshi. She taught me the family secret. Now I'm everybody's favorite. <laughs> I like that. So we're going to look at Mary of Bethany, and that is in the book of Luke, chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn there with me? You know, Thomas said a couple weeks ago that we probably all have a Bible, and it probably has cobwebs on it. I had to go get my Bible from storage. 
But you know cobwebs? I noticed on my truck, you can have like a spider web overnight. So maybe it's not that you didn't read it, but bear with me when I take a little time to find out where I'm going. Luke chapter 10. And we're starting in verse 38. It says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Does this remind anybody of themselves? Because this so reminds me of me. I'm always busy. I always want to finish a project. And then I'm so tired, I am like snappy. I'm ready to bite somebody's head off. That's kind of what is happening with Martha. But let's look at how Jesus answers her. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So Jesus himself is saying, Martha, you're doing a good thing. You're, you're preparing a meal, you clean the house, you put away all the dishes, you set the table. But he also says, Mary is doing what's better. I want you to see here that as we sit at the feet of Jesus, spending time with him in his word and in prayer, even our own family members will criticize what we're doing. But Mary doesn't have any response. She lets Jesus respond for her. Mary of Bethany is written about three times in the Bible. The next time we see her, her brother Lazarus is sick. So Mary and Martha, they send word to Jesus to tell him that our brother Lazarus is sick. But the account says that Jesus stayed where he was for two more days. Have you ever cried out to Jesus with urgency? Jesus, I need you to do something right now because something bad is going to happen. My mom has dementia. My dad has cancer. And yet, Jesus doesn't answer. Let's pick up in the story in John chapter 11. Verse 17, it says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. 
Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. This is the gospel message right here. That we are all born of sin. That the punishment for sin is death. And that the Bible says, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. This is what Jesus is talking about. We'll continue in verse 28. And after she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I want you to notice something here. Mary says the exact same thing that her sister Martha said. Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Let's see what Jesus does in response. When Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Verse 35 says, Jesus wept. I want you to repeat that with me. John 11.35. Go ahead. John 11.35. Jesus wept. Again. John 11.35. Jesus wept. Again. John 11.35, Jesus wept. Come on, we're training, brother. John 11.35, Jesus wept. One more time. John 11.35, Jesus wept. I want you to see that as we have a close, personal relationship 
with Jesus, we can move him to tears. He feels our sorrow. And I want you to keep that verse close to your heart. You know, in the beginning of service, we declared that we will never be the same. Now we have God's word in us, in our heart. John 11.35 says, Jesus wept. You know, the, the, the rooted class, they just went up and had a prayer retreat several weeks ago at St. Anthony's Retreat in the back of Kalihi Valley. It's a beautiful place. My daughter is participating in that class. She shared with me, she said, Dad, that was such a powerful experience. We all were so moved by that experience. She was so moved that she felt like she had to paint a picture of her experience. And she wanted to share it with her rooted Ohana group. I asked, once I saw it, if I could show it to the church. Because I was like, this is exactly what I'm going to talk about. Would you show that picture? This is when we reach a point where we don't have words to express what we're feeling. And all we can do is weep. And Jesus understands. Let's look at what Jesus does. Verse 36. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? So once again we see Mary at the feet of Jesus. And people who witnessed the miracles of Jesus, him opening the eyes of a blind person, restoring sight, they're criticizing Jesus. Let's see what Jesus does in response. Jesus, once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been in there for four days. As a retired firefighter, I got to experience all kinds of, of things. And smelling a dead body was one of them. People in general they smell pretty good. But once they die, and they're not refrigerated, this is what they told me. You're never, ever going to forget that smell. And I think I will never, ever forget that smell. And that is what Martha is talking about. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you 
that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said that, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. The last time we see Mary of Bethany is found in Matthew chapter 26. It says, while Jesus was in Bethany in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. John chapter 12 tells us that this woman was Mary of Bethany. It also tells us that she also per poured perfume on his feet and was wiping his feet with her hair. So once again, we see Mary at the feet of Jesus, giving everything she could afford. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant or they were angry. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Again, we see Mary at the feet of Jesus and now the disciples criticizing her. That's like today, Christians criticizing another Christian for hanging out with Jesus. Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured the perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I tell you the truth. Wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Have you ever read something in the Bible and thought to yourself, is that for real? Can that really happen? I do that all the time. But verse 13 reassures me that what I read can and will really happen. How did Jesus know close to 2,000 years ago that on May 21st, 2017, I would be standing here in front of you preaching the gospel and remembering what Mary of Bethany did. 
That's just crazy when I think about it. You know, Satan will come always to mess you up. Last night as I was sleeping, I was dreaming of preaching here today. And this is what I dreamed. I dreamed everybody got up and walked out while I was talking. Even my wife and my daughter. And I wasn't sad. I was just like, should I just keep preaching? So I did. But I have doubts. What am I doing here? What qualifies me to be in front of you preaching? I have no formal education. Will they like my blue shirt? Does it make me look fat? I did that to my wife the other day, and she was like rolling, and I didn't know how to take it. I was like, is that a yes or, or a no? But it, it is what it is, right? And sometimes I think like Kimmy. I'm not a perfect Christian. All kind of things go on in this coconut. But it's only when I sit at the feet of Jesus, when I'm reading his word, when I'm talking to him, that I hear his calm, loving voice saying, Matt, you have the mind of Christ. Matt, you are seated in heavenly places. Matt, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Matt, I am so in love with you. And I am overwhelmed. He's like, you are the apple of my eye. You are my special possession. Nothing can separate my love from you, Matt. And I qualify you. You know, what he says to me, he is no respecter of people. He says the exact same thing. All we have to do is sit at the feet of Jesus. I, I brought this uh, container, and uh, I, I had to bring a smaller one because the bigger one I couldn't actually hold. It was too heavy. But this is like our day right here. It represents 24 hours. We all have the same 24 hours. Nobody has more. Nobody has less. So what do we do in our 24 hours? There's certain things that guaranteed we have to do. We have to sleep. I don't know of anyone who doesn't sleep. What else do we have to do? Oh, we got to eat. And I'm excelling at that. Onokai grinds. What else? Oh, we got to go to work. 
because we've got to make money. We've got to take care of our family. Oh, we have to sit in the traffic for three hours to work eight hours. That's like 12 hours. It's like some of us stop here. Our 24 hours is full. But some of us keep going. They're like, I'm going to cook. Yeah. Oh, I got to do the dishes. So some of us stop right here. But some of us said, nah, can go some more. So they're like, oh, you know what? I can take my kids to drama class. Oh, I can work one second job so I can buy some stuff. Oh, maybe I'm going to enroll in exercise class. I'm going to do Zumba. Oh, and then some of us stop. Oh, sorry, Suzanne. But some of us keep going. And we say, oh, you know what? I got to spend time with my spouse now. I'm going to give her the best. Or I'm going to do some laundry. I'm going to go to Ohana group. I'm going to go to church. And that's it. Nothing else can fit in our day. Spending time at the feet of Jesus in your Bible and in prayer is a big rock in our day. It should be. And if you don't stick it in before anything else, it's not going to fit. You're not going to have time to do that. Do you feel like the storms of life are crashing all around you? Are you anxious and so worried about things that it feels like you're getting choked? Are you angry, frustrated, so focused on work that's all you think about, that you feel like it's stealing the joy out of your life? Mary of Bethany shows each and every one of us that hope is alive and it's found at the feet of Jesus. 
You know, I want to close. Every time I see you, I feel like I want to give you something. The last time I baked cookies, I made scones. And so when I was spending time with Jesus, I was like, okay, what is it? Am I supposed to make the Japanese puff rice snack, okoshi for everybody? And I felt like he said, give them something spiritual, man. You know, Pastor Thomas, almost every Sunday, he says a, a benediction over us. And it comes from Numbers chapter 6. And God tells Moses to tell Aaron and his sons, who are priests, to say this over the people. And when they would do that, the priests would actually supernaturally write the name of God on everyone who would hear it. And then God will come and bless them. God is not like Santa Claus. He doesn't have a naughty and a nice list. When he says, I will bless them, I will bless all of them. So I would like to say that blessing over you. So if you're able to, would you stand with me? And would you hold your hands out like you're going to catch something? Because I believe God has something good for you. Close your eyes. And I am going to say this in Hebrew, the language of the Bible, language of Jesus. 